Hi, Rudy. Rudy D. Busha is the right pronunciation, right? Well, it is a difficult pronunciation, so I'm used to any kind of uh, pronunciation. But yeah, it's, it's more as okay. It's uh, De Busser, but... De Busser? De Busser? Yeah. yeah. Rudy De Busser? Yeah. It's perfect What's... now or almost? Yeah, all, almost perfect. Good. Say it again. Rudy? Rudy De Busser. Rudy De Busser. That's good. Perfect. Nice. Nice. What was your first computer? Oh, that was, um, I think it was the end of the 80s. Um, it, it was, uh, I, I forgot the name. Um, it was one of those um, small things that uh, you needed to boot up with a, a floppy disk at that time, uh, change it to upload your um, your your program, like your uh, word processor, and then change again the, the floppy. So it was... It was but, uh, but nice. You, you had PC. This was already a PC. So if you have floppy disk, so uh, word processor. So it was not like Commodore or Atari or something like that. No, it was. It was. It was not not one of those. But it was. Um, sorry, I forgot. I forgot the name because it's already so long ago. Um, but um, no, it was a real PC. It was. Uh, Windows 3.1, okay. I guess. So then it does matter awesome. because, you know, real PC, this was some generic brand, doesn't matter. Before that, it was more yeah. interesting because, you know, it was static spectrum or there would be more interesting discussion. And then, you know, there were just PCs. Okay. So you got the computer pretty late, right? Yeah, I it was something I was um, 18, 19 at that time. Um, uh -huh. So, yeah, it was, um, I was not one of the first uh, uh persons who bought a computer i was uh i was uh not i was well in i was interested in all those kind of things but it was it was not my first choice so i, I it was well, not what my, was your first choice then so what you did my, you know until 18 well um actually i'm i'm not even a computer developer or engineer or whatever i'm an agriculture engineer so ah. uh, um, I'm interested in plants and and animals and genetics and and all kind of those kind of things Besides of computers these days, of course, but um, I did my my studies was not even uh, computer related. Yeah, but uh, until eighteen, so you were not interested in plants and genetics, I guess, right? So from zero to eighteen, what was your passion until you got your first computer? Ants and animals and oh, really, things. really, yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, yeah. interesting. That's interesting. Oh. So it's like a natural passion. So um, and what it meant? So you just read books about plants, or what? what you can do with it yeah we we uh we lived at uh at the countryside so i had a little garden i planted a few things i even experimented with um straw berries uh things like that i made um cross pollination uh between a few ah. things etc so it was yeah i was really into that and so, so, you, so you created the early monsters, you know, the early plant yes. monsters with like, yes. you know, strawberry zombies and, zombies and after yeah. After yeah. After. yeah. Oh, zombies. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, um, then you got the computer. So, uh, you use it for games or what was your, you know, the first thing you did with the computer? Um, yeah, it was of course games, uh, like I guess every teenage boy or beginning of the twenties was playing games. Um, but I was also interested in other things like what games? Um, which pl plant related games? Is it something like this? Pl yeah, plant related games. I remember one game. It was about a farm, and you needed to grow all your crops and vegetables and sell them on the market and things like that. So um, oh. some kind of simulation games, etc. So. Right, right now there is a farming simulator. You know, you know that. No, I'm not. I'm not in the really into games anymore. So no, I'm you have to following... look it up. It's called Farming Simulator. And, okay. and it simulates everything, you know, from tractors to, to crops. So the, the, the entire, and this is actually a, 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 a nice game. Yeah, I will. I never played it, but I, but I watched it a couple of times. So farming simulators, I think you will like it. Yeah, I will. I will and, and the cool story it. is it is extendable. So you can, uh, yeah, there is an SDK for it, you know, then you could, oh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Interesting. Nice. So, okay. So, uh, you started to play games with your computer early, early twenties and, uh, then you immediately started to program, or what is the transition? Well, yeah, I, 
for instance, in uh, on uh, during my education, we were doing statistic and all kind of things, and and I wanted to play around a bit with uh, statistic calculation. So my, I think one of my first things that I created was a a program or a tryout um, of a program um, that to do some statistic um, calculations on the values, um, the classification algorithms uh, to see um, if you have. Uh, because at that time I was still uh, I was in in the uh, in the agriculture um, education uh, for see if you if you measure from a a, a tomato for instance at the color and the size and the, the shape how can you classify that and um, into different quality categories and things like that so I try to write some programs around that and and and, and do some um, things course a bit silly afterwards if you think about it because you as a as a single developer trying to create something rather complex like that if there are some big companies spending a lot of people and time and money on it to create such a such thing but anyway it was a good learning experience and fun thing now we have different get. opinion so what i watch is this lots of great stuff was created by small teams and single developers you know yeah of course but at, at that time i was thinking oh yeah this could be nice and we can use it at university. I think so. My, it, it is indeed maybe a good starting, but my um, idea of, was, of it was a bit too, too high. Too... What do you wanted to achieve with this program? What, what it did? As it... Um, yeah, just doing automation, just uh, improve things that we have uh, on, yeah, on whatever scale. Um, because as I said, I was interested in plans. I was interested oh, we do, for instance, at that time, a lot of um, the qualification, uh, the um, the quality checks were manual, eh? so a lot of pe people checked by hand what the, um, uh, the the quality of the tomatoes was, like category one to four or whatever. And I was thinking, well, if we can automate that, then it would be nice. And you hear then a few stories at that time already that there are. Uh, machines that uh, do uh, computer vision and based on that they, they do all kind of stuff so that inspired me to do something similar but um, for something else uh, in, uh, in th at that time for tomatoes yeah for tomatoes but uh, what it meant is that did you try you know to to get a picture from tomato and recognize from the picture how the tomato is you know this what were your, your idea? Yeah, that, that that was my idea. So I expected no, this is this is this is this is really uh, challenging. I would say back then. Well, no, not really. Uh, for instance, um, I took the picture. Um, I extracted the um, the border at the edge of the tomato. Um, I did a Fourier transformation to see if it yeah. was perfectly round or that there were some um, uh, some bumps and um, um, and things like that. Um, based on the color, I I checked if it was green, yellow, or red, and those things. So it was, it, it is, it it looks telling, but in fact, it is quite easy to do. Yeah, I mean, if you say okay, we just have to apply some Fourier transformation, and it's still easy to do. It is already you know, <laughs> yeah. it's it sounds it sounds interesting. Uh, which programming language you used back then? I started to um, use Pascal, uh, so. Oh. Um, that was my first language. I did a bit of basic, visual basic, but then I did a lot of things in uh -huh. Pascal. And you started immediately with this system or you did some, you know, Hello Worlds before or what's, what was your transition from a Fourier trans transformation on tomatoes to, you know, um, between Fourier transformation tomatoes and Hello World? You know, I just, as I said, um, I tried to do some automation and um, I think that was in... At that time, we had a program laying around that to install Pascal, and then I learned it okay. by myself a bit, and then it was just I just rolled into that, and it I found it easy in a certain sense. It was logical. Um, I'm a bit I'm a very logical person, I guess. Um, so it all seems natural to um, think in in loops, in if-then statements, in methods, in whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so got it. And um, when was it roughly with the with the software? When when you wrote it? It was in ninety uh, six, I think I wrote it. Okay, not bad. And what was the name of the program? I imagine Tomatotron or something like like this, right? 
I don't think tomato it has to, a name. To, to tomato <laughs> 2000 or tomato vision or something. Okay, so um, what you did afterwards? So I, I, I can imagine you spent one year for this pro program or? Yeah, it was one or two years then. And then, um, yeah, then it, it, um, everyone talked about uh, the year 2000 problem at mm -hmm. the time uh, the, uh, that the world would end because yeah. there were only two digits for uh, years instead of four. Um, so there was a, a, a great amount, a uh, great request for um, developers, um, etc. And then I was thinking, well, I like doing this, so why not try to be a developer? And so I joined a um, consultancy firm, which gave me a nice training uh, about four months so that I can be a proper developer. And then I rolled into the um, in the software industry. What you learned during the training in four months? It was Oracle, Oracle Forms, Oracle ah, Reports. Also did it as a Forms a little bit. Forms was, yeah, it was like, you know, there were the boxes with some bindings and you could create, yeah. Um, okay. And uh, it was completely different. So it's more from, from Pascal to Oracle, it's completely different, different story, right? It, different story. Uh, it's uh, what's called 4G language. Uh, mm -hmm. You you define the layout and you write a few snippets behind it, uh, behind a button, etc. Pascal, of course, uh, is just a well, basically general purpose program. You need to write ev everything, but you had you have of course much more freedom to do what you like because mm -hmm. you're not restricted to what uh, the program um, offers you. And you enjoy the experience. For a while, um, I saw it that um, it it has good it it had good parts in it in the sense that you can do some things quickly. Mm -hmm. um, the the downside is that you are restricted to what the um, the framework offers you. So, if you want to do something, uh, if you say, "Oh, I want to," uh, I have something in my mind that I want to do, then it's not possible. Um, so that was a bit restrictive, and I think that was in 2000 and um, something 2005. Then I switched to to Java server fixes because I, and, and Java at the time because I was thinking, well, that gives you a, an almost unlimited capability of what you want to do on the um, on the user side, on the view side. You 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 are in control of the um, of the kukubi. Um, you can design, define what needs to be done. So that uh, gives you a bit more work, of course, but um, the entire freedom of what you like to do. That, that, that this, this is true. And um, this is also natural progression or transition, right? From Oracle Forms to GSF, they are not that different. Some There are much similarities, of course. I, like you, I, you have there those events if you click on buttons, etc. So yes, there are... Um, some similarities which make the switch probably easier um, to do, yes. Which server you use back then? You remember that? The, that was the WebLogic server. Which version? I don't remember. Um, I only remember that the first time I need to install it, I needed to download it from uh, from the internet. And then um, the operations of the company phoned me up saying, what are you doing? You're downloading such a big, huge thing, What's it? Oh, stop it, we, we have issues uh, okay. on our the network. And then after a while, I managed to download it and then install it. And it took me about a day or something at that time, probably because I was not experienced enough in it, but it was, it was, uh, it's, it perceived as huge and, and difficult and, and, and all kind of things. No, okay, then things. it was not my web logic because I also did a lot of web logic. And uh, I really enjoyed that because I think you, you it was after 8, because WebLogic before 8 or until L, uh, 8 was actually very easy to install. So I did it regularly. It was like, I don't know, at most half an hour, just click and it just installed. And it, it started fast and it was actually really small. And then they expanded with the enterprise feature and then it was uh, harder and harder, you know, mm -hmm. to I think uh, it to was, manage. yeah. I, I think, think it was at that 10, point. In the... 10. Yeah, the 10 was... Probably 10, yeah. Yeah, fr from 10, I didn't use uh, WebLogic anymore. So um, I'm not... I think 9 was my last project, and then we transitioned uh, to, to Glassfish, basically. Back then, Glassfish was open source with uh, support from Sun, and then all my WebLogic projects became actually Glassfish projects. So, um, and uh, Whitefly or JBoss back then. JBoss, there was no Whitefly. 
there was no competition because uh, JBoss didn't have a proper admin console. So it was like, you know, it was uh, you had to use the XML to configure JBoss. That there was a kind mm -hmm. of a console, but it was more like uh, JMX, um, how to call it, J. Uh, Render JMX beans. So it was very low level, so you could invoke the methods, but it was more like remote procedure call to JMX. And the Glassfish came out, the very first version, and the, 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 the admin console was very usable. And there was monitoring from the beginning. So this is how I convinced my clients, or convinced there was nothing to convince, it was obvious choice. And then a lot of projects became Glassfish projects. And uh, back then, um, the Glassfish the unique story was that uh, it is the reference implementation, it's open source, but you can buy support. And, and this was, you know, the killer argument because, okay, you can just download it, go it, and you can just buy support from the same bits. And yeah, th this was this, uh, this way I asked, you know, which version it was to, to, to see what I did at the time frame to have a better, better impression. Okay. Interesting. So you spent some time with WebLogic in JSF, and I assume you didn't like the experience because you already mentioned, you know, one year installation. And one year, yeah, one, day. When, <laughs> one, when day, they, one day, one day, one day, which feels like one year, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah, no, I'd, it 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 was not a pleasant experience. So then, um, I switched over to I, I think Tomcat at that point. So it's Tomcat, where you then have to add uh, things. So I was a bit out of uh, Java EE world then, um, but I, so I used um, Tomcat and with with the Java server faces uh, with with Hibernate, so a bit um, of putting everything together yourself, uh, because... How, how course, long you spent to putting everything together? Longer than a day, I guess, right? Uh, afterwards, realizing those things, yes, it is um, more difficult to um, to combine everything again, over and over, for each customer, for each yeah. project um, again and again um, than just using everything um, available. Um, but that's, at that time, again, it felt like that you are in control of it, that you have, um, that you are doing the things and that you are um, um, assembling the things that you need. But um, at the end, you spend more time indeed than just taking something which is already prepared for you and everything available. And, and the worst of all is uh, you are creating a unique snowflake the problem, you know, because for every client you use different versions and if something breaks, you have a different combination for every client. This is what I all, you know, the best of breed and combination of stuff. So for me, it never make, made any sense. So I would just ask you to hear your opinion because uh, except you are Netflix, you know, they say, okay, this is really, we have micro optimize everything because, uh, you know, a small gain, uh, a small gain uh, or small optimization results in, in a huge gain. But in my project, it's like, you know, a small optimization results in nothing. So nothing measurable. So it really oh, does matter. And, I think developer experience is more important and uh, simplicity. Yes. And, and you and recognize you're, this back then or now? Or is this a reflection right now? Or It's it's more reflection now. At that time, it was more that, uh, that you are in control and that you are doing the best thing. But uh, again, indeed, and if, if you then get if you take over a project from someone else who did it at, at, in a slightly different way, you're a bit lost because, or at the first moment lost because you have to investigate how is he doing his, why he's doing, uh, is he, did he make those combinations, etc. And then um, afterwards now again, uh, because uh, I guess the, um, uh, the experience, the wisdom comes with age. Um, it was not the best thing to do, but at that time, yeah, it was, uh, it was a nice thing that you are in control, that uh, that you can do the things that you want to do, that you like. Okay, interesting. Um, so, and then, what happened then? Um, yeah, more and more, um, taking up everything uh, around uh, Java EE at that time, uh, the, also using um, Glassfish, uh, Wildfly, at, uh, when it came available. So, more and more coming into the... Uh, exactly the end of the Java enterprise world. Um, and I think it was uh, four, four, four years ago, a bit, um, uh, it, the consultancy thing was a bit uh, becoming boring um, in the sense that um, most of the time you also um, need to do uh, the same things uh, over and over for each customer. Um, some customers are just asking um, 
actually to validate their um, their ID and their opinion. So the um, the creativity, etc., became less and less um, challenging. So I wanted to to do something else. Uh, it was around four years ago. So I switched. Uh, so so I didn't knew that. So uh, un until four years ago was two thousand and what seventeen. Yes. So until 2017, you were Java e consultant. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, uh, and uh, so you spent your time exclusively with Java e, with Glassfish, Whitefly, and all the products. Yes, I developed, I think, indeed around 12 to 13 years, uh, always um, Java EE applications. And this was your choice doing that? Yeah, because as I said, I like the way, especially. Uh, from the beginning with uh, Java services, um, what, what you couldn't do, um, of course, it has also its limitations, but I liked uh, I liked uh, those things and I evolved in it and I took more and more uh, the, e, the, e, the EGB side after what the TaxRS uh, part of the specification, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it was around, I think, during... Until 2018, I was uh, doing two or three projects each year around Java EE. What were the most interesting or projects? So, what was the areas? Um, uh, integration um, of in the laboratory and integration of the um, and, and analysis. Uh, so, there was um, from blood samples which were sent in um, connection to all the um, to all the machines and to all the analysis machines, getting back the results and assembling them and creating a report, etc. That that was a nice thing. So that mm -hmm. was because uh, it was not only uh, Java EE, uh, just a administration console, but also in interaction low level with those machines. That was a nice one. So you built a JCA connector. Or how you integrate? Do you remember that? Um, yes, it was a, a JCA connector that I created specifically for for that one. Uh, what else? Um, oh, my memory's failing a bit, and all those <laughs> things were a bit the same. Um, yeah, various administrative applications, of course. Uh, nothing specific to um, to mention, I guess. So, um, so what happened in two thousand seventeen? As I said, I want I wanted to do something else, and so I was looking to still be involved in uh, in something to do with Java EE, of course, uh, because that's uh, that was my my thing with Java, um, so I wanted to do something else, and then I had the opportunity to start uh, at Spyara. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, well, also, and I I don't blame those people because a lot of customers also work with 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 Spring and Spring Framework, and that that's absolutely fine. But I wanted to do hundred percent my I spent hundred percent my time uh, with Java EE. So Why? I was thinking because. I'm, uh, I believe that you you can do a lot, but you can only be an expert in one thing. Yeah. So I was already spending something like 10, 12 years, and I enjoyed it a lot with Java EE. So I was thinking I'm not going to learn anything else now. Not because I don't want to, because but why change if you are happy what you're doing, what you are you using? So instead of maybe be forced into something else which which is also a, a, a valuable thing why not try to focus on something 100% of what you like to do is by joining a company that's 100% focused on java ee yeah perfect no a good explanation because i was curious now about the choice because um i'm i'm similar so i started earlier than you with uh, java ee and and why i started with java ee is because uh, I was consultant and I couldn't understand all the different runtimes. There were just too many servers and runtimes back then. And Java E was like light at the end of the tunnel. I said, okay, I will try to understand this. And then I will understand all the runtimes. Because before Java E, there was too many completely incompatible servers and runtimes and frameworks. This was just crazy times. And this was happy choice and it worked as, as you said. Uh, also, I, I think even, I started in 2000, even longer than you. But uh, still, uh, still happy. So with the choice, and this was the great choice because I never had, you know, to tell my clients now we have to migrate to something completely different. 
Um, and they are also happy because uh, we only had to change the system in case the business logic changed and never because the framework was no more yes, is out of fashion. And this was a, like uh, perfect for me because I didn't have to relearn, relearn anything. I just incrementally learned new, new stuff. And uh, clients really like it. So I have some clients, you know, I know them from 10, 20 years, and they are still happy. And uh, and they ignored all the trends. And this is the funny thing. So it is sometimes not that bad, you know, to ignore, uh, like, uh, trends because they, they come and go. This is the, this is the, and the, and the plumbing actually remains, is the, is the thing. All the hypes, and there are um, good points about hypes uh, or um, any hype highlights, indeed, uh, perfectly valid points but it does not um is enough to switch completely to that new framework you need yeah. to, for, for for instance to incorporate the good parts um of what they highlight in the way you're the way how you're working in your uh, framework and that's most of the time perfectly possible yeah and uh this is how, how hype happens right now usually imagine what you could do you know you go at to conferences and talk about your jca connector which talks to laboratory machines and if you sell it right and it uh, and it and it seems logical then all uh, all developers from that talk will come back and try you know to implement jca connectors for their machines but they don't have any machines so th this is this is the problem what i see like you know netflix and the others back then they occupied all the conferences and talked about stuff problems which no one had you know uh, usually uh, yeah this is this is so i would say you have to know to try to understand whether the solution is actually a solution to your problem or just solution to their problem. This is this is what should happen before you, you know follow a trend. Um, one question because you also spoke at conferences be before two thousand seventeen, right? That's correct. Because I know your name for a long time, I know you longer, and I and uh, I never saw, I never knew that you are actually a, a freelancer or or consultant. So you are a freelancer. Yes, I'm. As of 2019, I'm a freelancer. Yes. This is so, actually interesting. So, so we are we were very very similar actually. And uh, because uh, that was something, and those, it was something that I like to do, and it was not always possible for my employer at that time. So most of those conferences I did in my free time. So yeah, I I, I took whole holiday to go to a conference and talk to uh, to the people there. Of course. Uh, I mean, you are freelancer. This is your holiday, right? Yeah, no, but um, at that time, I was still an, an employee of a consultancy firm before ah. 2017. And now you are freelancer or before? You never was freelancer. I'm now, I'm now a freelancer, so yes. Okay, but, now you have... But before not, I was an employee before 2018. Okay, and, and uh, can you, can you, which company was it? It's uh, a consultancy firm in Belgium. It's... Uh, 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 it is only for the Belgian market, so probably no one outside Belgium knows it, but uh, it's not important, I guess. Oh, okay, because uh, I would associate you know, your name with the company somehow. Okay, interesting. So um, so what you did at Payara? Um, first, um, the first uh, two years almost, I was in um, the service team, so I helped um, customers who had questions um, around how to implement something, a certain feature, um, if they had some issues with a certain feature, um, if there was uh, a issue, uh, a, a major issue with the runtime, uh, it, if, if, there, if there was a log, if, if, if there was a, a major problem with the environment, then I helped them, etc. So it was, um, it was something nice to do. It was uh, hands-on, it was all kind, always a different uh, issue always different environment so uh, i learned a lot uh, at, at, at that time what industries so all over the place or all over the place um man manufacturing banking insurance um it as i guess with any um jakarta runtime now um it can be used in any kind of of industry it is just a general what was your, the most challenging technical question you got back then um oh, that's, uh, there are many challenging things um i guess um several things around um operational things because okay i'm a developer and i'm not a a op operational guy around um, scripting um and all kind of things those kind of things so that was um something that i had had to learn um other um challenging things was that uh, people wanted to integrate all 
kinds of frameworks uh, with Java EE, which is also sometimes uh, a big challenge because sometimes they are not designed for that. So, but the customer want to use it. So, um, we 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 help them with with those questions, of course. And many challenges. I think I had a challenge every few weeks, um, which yeah. was saying, "Oh, this is now something that I interesting, but difficult." And uh, but at the end, you learn a lot um, uh, around those things. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. So uh, and then, so what happened then? So you moved from. Is this like mm. is this like Payara, a huge company like you know Apple? So there are many departments, no. <laughs> many we departments, have... and and you move from department to department, or now you have different bosses, or what's 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 your, yeah. Well, it's it's not a huge uh, company. <laughs> uh, we have of course different departments. Uh, we have uh, the classic uh, development teams. They have the uh, the the service teams, sales, marketing, etc. Um, but another thing that I always like to do in 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 the past uh, was that um, I was um, also coaching people, and so I learned to explain things apparently. I uh, learned to explain tech, technical things in an easy way. Um, so um, it was useful also for sales and marketing. Um, I was already writing blogs and then going to conference, etc. But um, then there was the question, why don't you focus more on that? And so that's why I, since now six months, I uh, became, but what's in the title, a technical sales and developer advocate uh, person, mm -hmm. um, helping um, sales and the sales team and the marketing marketing team with all tech technical questions, um, because yeah, the world doesn't stop and there are many tech technical terms and and, and things change and it is it's it's not always easy for um, sales and marketing to keep up with all those names and and trends and and what it actually means and is it important or not. So um, I'm doing those those things now. So I'm um, I'm at uh, calls with. Uh, prospects with customers um, to tell about um, how Payara works, um, general ideas you use, you, you use cases. If they have specific technical questions, I can answer them and, and those kind of things. Okay. What happens in Payara if you can talk? So, so yeah, I mean, it is, this is developed. So there, there is Payara implements MicroProfile 4 already, which is uh, remarkable. So um, the MicroProfile 4 implementation of Payara it is all implemented by the Payara team, or you have parts from Smallry, or 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 is um how to call it? Um, can could we use, for instance, parts of the small uh, sorry parts of the Payara's micro profile implementation outside Payara? So how how uh, because uh, it, this is like we have different micro profile implementations, and Payara is one of them. So the, the question is how it is integrated on and 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 yeah. Uh, well, indeed. Mm um we decided that we implement micro all the micro profile specifications ourselves um we are not using small or any other kinds of implementation um just for the fact that um all those other implementations they are just based on the standards uh, it's by micro profile it's based on standards like uh, cdi and and this those things so it can be used um in any environment that's supported um but we decided to implement all of them from scratch, um, not using any of those um, implementations available, so that we can integrate it really well within the Payara mm -hmm. core itself. Mm -hmm. So that it is, um, in, uh, in the sense, integrated, it's, so it is better performing. We can use features from um, within Payara itself in, um, in those things. Uh, like, for instance, we have integrated um, in the open tracing, we have integrated the remote EG, EGB called the tracing within the microprofile um, open tracing. Um, we have integrated uh, for microprofile config all the um, the configuration options of uh, Payar itself in the microprofile config, etc. So by implementing all those um, features, uh, all those um, specifications ourselves, we can do much more than just follow the spec and implement the spec. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what um, I had already chat with uh, the Open Liberty people, and was also you know interest interested whether they use Smallray everywhere, and they said okay, it is uh, sometimes challenging because if you have internal threading or executor service, and you know the integration with an um, with an uh, external microprofile 
uh, implementation can be challenging. So even the Open Liberty, which is basically Red Hat, or you know, this is somehow closely related to to Red Hat, they also have their own implementations. I was curious what's what's uh, the the idea here. So what's also interests me is. I try to use as um, as I try to rely on on Jakarta and MicroProfile only for business logic, but the service offers more than the standard. So, what are the most interesting, or not only interesting, most popular or useful features uh, from Payara? So, outside the spec. So, you already mentioned, you know, we we can trace uh, remote EGB calls. I would say probably interesting for legacy project, but the new project is less interesting. So, um, so what are you know? Maybe the first question is, what are the most popular proprietary Payaras feature? So the popularity, most used. It's then not really something developer uh, related. It's about monitoring. Um, exactly. So mm -hmm. um, we have a elaborated uh, monitoring service, uh, service which follow ups on queues, uh, connection pools, uh, and all kind, all kind, all kind of things. Um, and can report on various channels uh, if there are issues. Uh, we have our um, monitoring um, console, uh, it's called Payara Insight, um, to, uh, that gives you a, the dashboard to follow up on, your, on the performance of your entire system, uh, so the server, but also your application itself. You can export that to um, external tools. Uh, um, we, you can export it to a problem images database, all those metrics. So that is probably the most um, important um, thing that we provide next to the standard uh, Jakarta EE and microprofiles. Yeah, but this is even not even, there is no, it's nothing is standard ex except microprofile metrics and fault torrent somehow. So, uh, and the mm -hmm. Payara Insight is a nicer uh, dashboard. So because That's in correct. matrix you get just, you know, the, the Prometheus or JSON format and you have nicer dashboard. What, what you also see is, um, would you see, for instance, let's say I get lots of requests, but the thread pool does not have uh, enough threads. So what I should see is that the queue becomes uh, full, the uh, the incoming HTTP request queue. And what happens inside a server? I, I guess this this would be exactly you know the use case for your Payara Insights dashboard, right? Uh, you can indeed follow up um, on the queue you, you use it. Um, so you can get a notification, for instance, if the um, all the work is in the queue are uh, used and that you have a, um, a few things uh, in the parked. Uh, so uh, waiting until a worker becomes free. That is some of the use cases that you can do with, uh, with Payara. Mm -hmm. And what, which features are very useful, but lesser known and not that popular? Popular means customers don't use them or so they should. It's always a difficult thing to know what people um, are not using uh, because it, it's if you don't get any feedback, is it because um, it works perfectly or is it because but you saw or see systems in production though. So for instance, I can tell you uh, to, um, to give to give you some ideas from the code perspective, I performed some code reviews. What is uh, used not that I would say wisely are metrics, for instance, you know, stuff which is obvious is metered like hell and stuff which is useful, there are no metrics because there's no one interested, for instance, they're they are applied wrongly, you know, or fault tolerance. Everyone wanted to have, you know, the circuit breakers or whatever. Now we have them and now uh, they're not that used. And sometimes I'm really happy if they have timeouts specified. Uh, but I, I don't know, five years ago, everyone said Java is not usable in microservices because uh, you know, there is no Hystrix or Netflix has Hystrix and what happens, Hystrix died. Now we have everything uh, in MicroProfile and it's just complete silence. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Now, yeah, this is for instance, what, what, what I can tell you from my perspective is outside Payara is just you know, Java E and, and MicroProfile perspective. So uh, just something similar to Payara. What I remember, we had a conversation at DevOps and what I wanted to have is now um, uh, what uh, uh, what you actually implemented is what you can specify, which is crazy. So Payara comes with uh, the AMX or JMX uh, monitoring beans where you can expose. And uh, what you did is you can tell Payara this bean, as the content of this bean, should ap appear as microprofile metric. You know, this yeah, is we, this is ver this is very useful. Um, because we, as I mentioned, we have all that tight integration between yeah. all those components. We can do that quite easily, uh, in the sense easily. Um, we know that the XML uh, to um, to define that uh, that uh, that possibility is a bit of a tedious work, which we will um, tackle in the future. But yes, um, and indeed, as you say, what is maybe underused, um, 
people and probably understandable um, a lot of developers all and and product owners and and what, whatever are only focused in pure functionality for the end user mm-hmm, exactly. and and they are not really um, that interested in I should say men- uh, metrics of uh, fault tolerance stability because that are edge cases which uh, are not the happy case so yeah in general people are a bit too focused on the happy case yeah N- now you remember seven years ago the hysteria microservices everyone was only interested about the patterns circuit breakers every every session I got I know what about circuit breakers is okay if you need a circuit breaker or timeout I create an interceptor and this is solved right yeah but this is uh, and now we have it and so okay this is this is funny you know um okay and um cert- certificate management is is painful and uh, it is not part of the spec uh, yeah no no not really right so there's not specified what in which format the the, the there's only specified that there is encryption so and uh is there something special where Payara can help you with certificates? And what I would think about is no, for instance, let's 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 encrypt uh, integration. You could easily do this. I, I fiddled with that, you know, the, the recent uh, years and months on different servers and clouds. So this could be also an an, an, an interesting part, right? Well, we we have a lot of things um, available uh, for that. For instance, you mentioned that let's encrypt. Yeah, you are the sale man. You have to tell me, you know. Uh, well, well, uh, we, we we have those available. That's what I what I yeah. say. We have uh, in the community and enterprise version, we have a script uh, already available for let's encrypt. So, you can just uh, run it, and it will um, get you the certificate, and um, then you can you 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 use it. Um, related to that, um, uh, that uh, certificate management itself, uh, it is tedious. Uh, you have all those formats uh, and, and all those kind of things. But um, we have for the enterprise users, we have a a tool set to um, handle those things. So you can just launch a command and it installs that cert, uh, that, spec- that specific certificate within the PR server, uh, makes all the configuration changes for you. So it is uh, just one single line now with uh, with with Payara. Okay. This is this actually would be a huge added value. And even though in your dashboard, if you see, okay, this certificate will expire, but uh, it is going to be renewed by Let's Encrypt automatically. So I have more, more, you know, more control over that. Because and what I think what is coming, if you could uh, def- uh, encrypt all the communication between the microservices with a certificate as well, this would be also in one point of time interesting. Um, of course, this is a developer will have to do this, but uh, at least you know this is uh, yeah. But you're right. If there's on the other side, there's Payara server with certificate. We already have it. We only have, you know, to, to be able to roll out the certificates across all Payaras. And then if you are using HTTPS uh, with a certain yeah. cert- certificate, that uh, then all the data will be encrypted, as you mentioned. Uh, at the beginning, I was a little bit confused about uh, Payara's passion, passion regarding Hazelcast integration and, 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 and state sharing. But I think with your recent announcement, I understand it a little bit better. So... Uh, what was actually the main driver for uh, Grid in Payara? The actual case was that um, clustering within um, in Glassfish and also so in Payara 4 then, uh, because that's mainly based on, 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 on the Glassfish code, uh, was done by a project called uh, Shoal, um, yeah. uh, which, is, which is nice, but um, it has limitations for clustering. So um, in Payara 5, we redesigned the clustering uh, from the ground up, mm-hmm. and we are now using that Hazelcast as a clustering tool. So um, in, in the sense that Hazelcast is, uh, you can use it very easily to um, connect several instances to together so that uh, so that you can exchange data, so that you can um, push events from one, um, from one JVM to another JVM. So um, that then became obvious that it was a good candidate to build our entire clustering uh, functionality on top of that. As addition, you have, have of course, the possibility to use that as a JCache implementation uh, so that that you can um, store all those, uh, that you can distribute it. Um, so that means that we use it also for HTTP session replication and all those those things. Uh, Yeah, so... For for us, it is it was the, the natural replacement of the old deprecated shawl um, framework. Mm-hmm. One killer use case would be this: one of the most common question is timers schedule. 
uh, are you able on Payara Enterprise or Payara Community to synchronize the timers using Caselcast? Because uh, usually what I remember is there was a script uh, where you can uh, um, create a table and all the timers were were stored in a table. Now, for me, you know, it would be natural to be able to replicate the state of the timers using Caselcast. It's EDB timers, uh, persistent EDB timers then, uh, because uh, then you need to store them somewhere. You have two options. Either you use a database, as you mentioned, uh, where you have uh, information stored in a, in a database table, or you can use Hazelcast. Um, there is one little um, downside um, if you use it in Hazelcast, unless you um, activate uh, persistence within Hazelcast, is that when your entire cluster dies yeah. or stops, then you lose that information, of course. But other than that, um, yes, EGP timers can, um, persistent EGP timers can be used with, uh, with that Hazelcast implementation. You Should just need even, to yeah. specify it in the configuration where needs my um, EGP timer configuration needs need to be stored in the database or the Hazelcast, uh, the data grid, as, as we call it. Data, exactly. But this, I, I could imagine. This is one of such features which are you no know, underused because uh, I get the question all the time. So in the recent AHX TV, I get the, the the question again. It was not Glassfish, it uh, Payara, it was Whitefly. But the persistent timers, you know, in clouds, how to deal with them? EGB timers in general, um, although, and I think it's because EGBs are not popular, but EGB timers in general are underused. Mm-hmm. Um, can we can we can we have a brief chat about Payara Cloud, or is it too too, too early? And have of course a brief chat about PR Cloud. That's um, that's that's um, it's our new project that we are launching um, with the philosophy also um, behind that you should be able to deploy your ap- application on any kind of um, infrastructure and from uh, small IoT type devices like Raspberry Pis to until uh, over bare metals, uh, virtual machines, um, clouds, uh, Docker, Kubernetes, and and and. And then Payara Cloud is one of those options. Um, why Payara Cloud? Um, because we see a lot of people struggle with um, Docker and Kubernetes. Um, it is a, a, a framework with a lot of uh, functionality, a lot of features. But of course, you need to learn all, all of all of those things, and um, that can be challenging, especially for um, smaller um, teams, for smaller companies. Um, it's it's it seems easy in the beginning. Uh, oh, you have to just create one YAML file. Uh, that YAML file can maybe sometimes uh, challenging to do already, but just one YAML file and and you are and and you are ready to go. But at the end, there are a lot of um, things that you need need to take into consideration. So the idea of Payara Cloud is that again, just as with your application server uh, like Payara itself, you just um, have a GUI. You um, take your WAR file, you upload it, and it runs in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Done with it. Behind the scenes, it takes um, all those complexity of um, creating those Kubernetes serv- services, um, um, assigning the routing uh, from the outside world uh, to to your um, to your instance uh, to take the scaling um, to assign certain Certificate, as you mentioned before, uh, those um, uh, to have secure access to your application. All those things um, are done for you behind the scenes. You don't need to worry about them. It's done. Just upload your file one one click on a a GUI, and your application is up and running in a cloud environment. I hope not only one click. You could also use REST to upload the file, right? Is there API? Yes, that's uh, Payara Cloud is still a work in progress. Yeah. So um, we have done now the first things, uh, which is a one click in the GUI. But yes, there will be a resting point in the future um, to have some command line integration, etc. Then I give you a hint what you should do from the beginning, create a Terraform resource for it. This is uh, what uh, Terraform is. This is infrastructure as, a, uh, as code, IAC and all major cloud providers have it. If you have an API, so you could just say, you know, uh, the application, uh, I need this application with these resources and it will talk to your, via REST to your uh, Payara cloud. And uh, this is simplifies things a lot. This is this is, this is is used also a lot. Um, what you said right now, remind, so for me, it, it sounds like what you did is you created like OpenShift written in Java, right? Because uh, what you said, you, you are using Kubernetes behind the scenes 
and Payara is the orchestrator. So Payara uh, is 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 pulls the strings behind this. Correct. It's you. It's tech tech technically speaking, um, Payara Cloud is a Kubernetes operator, mm-hmm. which has also front end and in so can also do all the interaction with all the Kubernetes and and um, resources and um, talk to the actual clouds. Um, environment as like uh, to set up those routing rules um, for, for you mm-hmm. what um i don't know what you're aware of corcus this is a corcus is a is a of course you're right this is like a, a runtime and as if i saw that i was delighted i say this is the next generation because what they are doing is uh they say okay there is only in a microservice environment so we had always one payara wine war one war if there's only one-to-one relation you can optimize everything at build time so uh interestingly what you are saying right now what this reminds me i always ask myself why sun and oracle never considered the war as a deployment cloud unit so what you could actually do consider the servers a serverless you say i don't care about the servers i have my war i push it to the cloud and it should just work so I always must, and, and what you did with Payara Cloud, I'm excited again because now you said, okay, shared deployments are actually great if they are isolated and you don't have to care, right? It's not really shared. You do something behind the scenes, they are actually distributed. But um, but uh, you are using, you know, the best of Java E uh, applied to cloud because for me always, you probably know, you know, the EGB programming restrictions and, you know, the entire philosophy around Java E it was always cloud ready because we always had the clusters and we never could rely we are running there were restrictions regarding environment you we should we should never read from local file system so if you you know a proper java e developer was actually always cloud native developer because this was for me it's really no difference i mean for docker is easy i never did you know crazy things with the operating system because we always ran in a cluster so now um this is why I like actually Paracloud. I found this per accident on your on your website, and I say if this looks what I mean, this is actually crazy because we have now Halidon, Quarkus, all the new next generation runtimes which focus on complete different stuff like no single microservice deployment, and now we get application servers back with Paracloud where we just uh, pick the availability of you now we have a war which is completely separated from the infrastructure. The infrastructure is in the cloud. I push the war to the cloud and I decide whether it gets distributed or not. And this could be Kubernetes or not Kubernetes. I mean, now you're using Kubernetes, but you could also use something else easily. And the question, what are you doing behind the scenes? You are spinning a Payara instance per war, or you, you also allow shared deployments, or can I configure this, or what happens? For the moment, it is indeed spinning up a Payara micro instance, so it mm-hmm. is web profile only, um, because it, it that makes probably only sense in a real mm-hmm. cloud environment that you have only that web profile. Um, so it spins up a, mic, a Payara micro instance for each uh, war file that you, de- you deploy. Web profile with micro profile, right? Profile with micro, yes, Payara Micro supports um, uh, the Jakarta web profile, including uh, the micro profile specifications, plus a few specifications like concurrency, PMS client, so you still can talk to a Kafka um, instance Mm -hmm. uh, from Payara Micro, um, and Batch, uh, JBatch is also part of um, Payara Micro. Yeah, this to, is more to... than enough. So for cloud environment, I would say yes. micro profile is already already fine because I was a little bit concerned with web profile because not enough, but web profile plus micro profile is fine. I think this is absolutely sufficient. And uh, I mean, the others, uh, the uh, Helidons and, 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 and Micronodes, uh, the also support even less. I mean, they, they have parts yeah. of micro profile or complete complete micro profile, and they don't don't support EGBs. Uh, I don't Helidon. I think don't even support servlets. I guess so. This um, uh, correct uh, yeah. because it's m- m- micro profile actually does not support uh, yeah. servlets. And, and, but but mm-hmm. that's our that is our philosophy with uh, Payara. That we are uh, it's our uh, it's it's our tagline uh, dedicated to Jakarta EE that you can do all those kind of things uh, like cloud or uh, uh, just uh, that, that war file de- deploying it with all the things that you know with Jakarta you don't need to learn a new framework you don't need to use specific um, 
idioms to make it work, like in Quarkus, for instance, to, to have that native compilation possible, etc. That, that they are good, but there are other ways to uh, start up, uh, to, to do have to have a faster startup. Just use what you know best, Jakarta EE, and um, you use it um, at any environment. Yeah, but I mean, Quarkus is great. I, I use it a lot. But this is different use case. This is what I like to know. You are, you, with your Pyra Cloud, you are not competing with Quarkus because uh, what are you providing? Like Quarkus is just one. Pyra uh, Micro competes with Quarkus. Correct. And and even that, um, if, what I'm reading is that Quarkus is mainly focused on that native compilation of our startup, which makes it more or less geared towards serverless and not to general application development. No, the Quarkus is also very fine for general application development but it doesn't matter so we we have you know great runtimes and this Payara cloud is complete different beast this is what 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 interests me for the operator part because uh what you are doing you are starting per Payara micro a pod right Correct. so uh and uh you are distributing all the certificates which is really painful so the question is how i get the kubernetes can i go to asia or aws and just say uh, I, I have a aks or eks or is it hosted by payara the moment is it is hosted by payara um it is running on the microsoft azure platform mm -hmm. um but future um, versions uh will be running on any kind of um kubernetes platform so that means also um um, Amazon. That means your your private cloud, uh, which um, is is running a K K Kubernetes um, installation. It because it is just a Kubernetes op operator. Of course, we need to define some integration points. Then at that point, uh, because as 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 you mentioned, uh, we have that integration with the certificate with the routing that's provided by the cloud provider, so we need those integration points then all implemented, which is for the moment only done for the Microsoft Azure uh, platform. Mm -hmm. This is actually really interesting, and startup time actually does matter in this particular case, because the entire pod will start with Pyra Micro, and whether the Pyra Micro starts one second faster or not, no one cares. This is the, the, the point, it's already fast enough, you know? This is what I meant, there's no, no, no... No, uh, how to guys? No competition between you and the other frameworks because uh, the startup time is somehow relevant. But Pyara Micro is already fast enough. It's not like yeah, it starts in no minutes. So it is like one few... two one two yeah. seconds. Yes. And 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 uh, in and the Kubernetes has to boot as well. And um, I have some experience with Kubernetes, and the startup time of the service was never a problem. But the problem was sometimes you know the uh, orchestrator tried to find uh, uh, free resources to start the pod, and it took forever. And and this is the real problem. It's not 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 Java, I would say. So if you right, if you're yeah. dealing with Kubernetes, you will see that actually we have different problems. The startup time in Java, right? And um, and um, yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, um, I would invite like to invite you or someone else from Payara team you know, to talk about this a little bit more if the time uh, uh, allows uh, in, in a few months. And um, what, what I can imagine, this is like uh, you will get maybe even some you know cooperation with AWS, uh, Google, and the others, so you can you can buy you know managed Payara in the cloud. So this could happen. And you, of course, you can offer clients you know Payara as uh, as a service. Uh, through your yes. cloud, so there's yeah, different, and you can even sell, you know, on-premise Payara, like you know, uh, on for for secure environments. And uh, well, I'm really excited because uh, wars are back now, right now, right? And uh, and if you, I mean, my dream was always so I have my you know uh, environment, my war, and I p uh, push a button, the war is created and pushed somewhere, and uh, and then it runs. And this is what you created with Payara Cloud. And if we get, you know, the uh, REST interfaces, so the APIs, I think this is the most important thing to have them. You can automate everything with, uh, let's say, Terraform. This is uh, one of the market leaders, I would say. And uh, it's similar to Ansible and the others, but I, I, I overtook every, everyone, actually. So, um, yeah, this is also open source. Now, perfect. Where people can find you on, uh, and, uh, you know, some links, Payara Fish and this Payara Cloud, for instance, is uh, um, only available for in, for now in beta, in beta testing. So we are planning to have a um, production um, capable version um, by the end of the summer. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, the web website can tell you more. And so it is you can go to payara.fish and there you can have various 
um, resources around uh, Payara Server, Payara Micro, Payara Cloud, um, a lot of resources that you can download. Um, we have also a very active blog, uh, so if uh, around technical topics each week, where we're at least once or twice a week, where we deploy uh, some um, information, uh, that's blog.payara.fish. Uh, a lot of information available there, and that's not only Payara related, it's uh, Java and Jakarta EE related in general, so it uh, is a general usable site, uh, if you ask me. Rudy, where are you on Twitter? Do you have a Twitter handle? I am I'm on Twitter, at rdebusser. Debusser, of course. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, it was fun to talk with you, and uh, I learned a lot. Nice. And uh, yeah, um, I, I would like to, you know, to welcome you back in a few months so we don't have to talk about tomatoes anymore. Just focus on the clouds, right? Yes, correct. Or maybe you get a project, you know, uh, Fourier transformations uh, of tomatoes on Payara Cloud. This would be the dream yeah. project for yep. you, right? Yes. Perfect. Mm -hmm.